0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Frederick Uncut Podcast. I'm your host today, Alan Etzler. I'm joined by News Post County reporter Steve Bonell. Steve, how are you doing? not doing bad.
1: Doing okay, yeah.
0: And and we have three really great special guests today uh, for um, a special election episode for the county executive race. We're joined today by current county executive Jan Gardner. Jan, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having us today.
0: And her challengers, independent candidate Earl Robbins. Earl, thanks for coming on.
3: Thank you for having me
0: and Republican challenger Kathy Zali Th- Kathy, thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you, Alan.
0: We're having a, a special episode where we will have a, uh, a county executive debate, and I want to go over the ground rules before that begins. Each candidate will have 90 seconds to make an opening statement where you guys will talk about your background, the issues you're campaigning on, or what you feel is important in Frederick County. For the main body of that debate, we'll ask candidates eight questions about county issues. Each candidate will have up to two minutes to respond. The order of who will answer that question first was determined off-air randomly, and uh, Kathy Afzali will be giving her her opening statement first, followed by Earl Robbins and then Jan. After every candidate answers the question, the candidate who answered first will have 30 seconds to respond or provide any rebuttal to the other two candidates. And with that, I'll turn it over to Steve to ask the, or I'll turn it over to each candidate. Kathy, you can begin with your opening statement.
4: Well, you know, I, my name, my last name starts with an A, so I always say, oh, golly, it's either a curse or a blessing that I always have to go first. And then, of course, I pick the number one, so I'm going <laughs> first, regardless of my name. So. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Delegate Kathy Avzali, as you know, and I want to thank everyone for having us here today. I want to thank my opponents, Jan Gardner and Earl Robbins, uh, for uh, being good competitors and in a tough race, and I'm excited at the opportunity and the possibility of being your next uh, Frederick County Executive. As you know, I am currently a delegate. I represent District 4 in the Maryland State Legislature. I've been a delegate for eight years. And I've become increasingly unhappy by what I see in going on in county government. And so I threw my hat in the ring just over a year ago to run as the next county executive. And I will be very honored, hopefully, to earn that position. And I have uh, quite a long extended platform, and I'm, I'm close to the end of my time, but uh, freezing property taxes, working on infrastructure, and uh, stopping the overdevelopment that they s- we see plaguing our county. And so I look forward to the dialogue, and uh, let's go
0: and
3: Earl. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Earl Robbins and uh, I'm running for county executive because I believe I have the leadership and management skills to address the changing dynamics and demographics of Frederick County. Um, I, uh, I'm, I think I'm a good listener so I'm willing to listen to our constituents and the people with whom I work. Uh, I bring honesty and integrity to the position. And uh, I'm running as a independent because I care about issues and not the party. I want to serve the people of Frederick County. Uh, I'm, I'm not an elected official, uh, but I have been very involved in the community in my uh, 40-some years here in Frederick County. Uh, I'm running because I was asked by uh, some folks to consider it. And uh you know, it's always something that I've wanted to do and I think I never ran before because of the fear of failure. But uh now I don't think I can lose. So I'm in the, I'm in it for the long haul.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Earl. And and County Executive Gardner.
2: Uh good good afternoon or good morning, whatever <laughs> whatever people are listening to this. Um thank you for hosting us here today. I am Frederick County Executive Jan Gardner. And I'm running for re-election, and I'm running uh, really on my accomplishments to m- to make sure that we continue to move Frederick County forward. I'm very proud to have served as Frederick County's first county executive. Uh four years ago I think the county was in dire shape and I believe I've brought honesty to county government, delivered good government and effective and efficient services. Uh, we've invested in our schools once again to ensure the best teachers in the classroom and accelerated school construction. We've saved or retained citizens in Montague, keeping our promise to our seniors. And um We've tried to manage growth responsibly. We've added no new housing during this term because we had so much housing approved by the prior administration. So we're trying to provide infrastructure and services for that. So we've added um, no housing other than uh, senior housing in Urbana. And I'm advancing Livable Frederick to make sure that we plan for a bright future for Frederick County. I'm proud to have managed, managed the money wisely. We have earned our first ever AAA bond rating from all three rating agencies. I've saved taxpayers over $70 million uh, through um, uh, refinancing our debt at lower interest rates, uh, ending the privatization that cost taxpayers more, and renegotiating some of the bad deals of the past. And I think it's important to recognize that the county executive has that important role. So I look forward to the debate, and thank you for having us.
0: Thanks so much, Jan. And again, uh, for those who didn't hear at the beginning, we'll move on to now an eight-question main part of the debate where each candidate will get two minutes to answer, and we'll start with, with Earl for this first question.
1: Earl, many county uh, council candidates on the campaign trail have stated that the entire county council in the past four years has been bickering and not getting much done. What would you do to help improve the image and productivity of the county council, given its relationship with the county executive?
3: Well, I think I can use, you know, my personality uh, to win over the members of the county council. I bring, as I said, I bring honesty and integrity to the position, and so I think that's something that will be respected. Uh, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to compromise. And I think that when the uh, members of the county council see that they have someone who's willing to work with them, I think that that will have an effect on them, and, and I think that will change the way they act, and they will reciprocate. So uh, I think the personality that I bring will uh, change the demeanor of the council. Great. Mm -hmm.
2: Jan? Um, I think the primary election uh, took care of the members of the county council uh, that were those who were bickering and uh, disagreeing and disagreeable sometimes Uh, we have uh, accomplished a lot working together between the county executive and the county council and uh, my door has always been open to all of the county council members they've had access to all the county staff we've provided them with all of the staffing that they have collectively requested And so we have had a functional government, even though I will certainly acknowledge that some of the personalities on the county council wanted to uh, bicker with each other. Um, But nonetheless, um, we have um, really, I think, moved forward with a long list of accomplishments. And at the end of the day, that's what's mattered to the voters of Fredericks County.
0: Great. And lastly, Kathy.
2: Well, thank you. I think it's a great question. Uh, It takes two to bicker
4: so we can't just blame one person because someone else has to respond so i think the bickering goes on both sides and it goes uh, to both political parties and i agree with Earl uh, tremendously uh that a lot of the local issues are not partisan and really the bickering is just unnecessary and a lot of that bickering uh can stop from from a culture from the top and I've seen it done in Annapolis. You know, I'm a minority Republican in a blue state. I've learned how to get things done in Annapolis, and you don't get things done, especially when you're in the minority party, by uh, bickering and challenging and arguing with people. You have to learn how to build consensus, and you have to learn how to talk to people. The first month that I was in Annapolis, I got the Democratic uh, governor, governor then, uh, Governor O'Malley, to agree to co-sponsor and buy into a bill that I had that uh, gave um, farmers the, uh, tax, uh, the tax benefits that they needed in order not to have to sell their farms to developers. And I didn't do that by going up and getting in his face and yelling at him I, or challenging him to a fist fight. I, I talked to him and I reasoned with him and I, and I learned how to speak a language that he could understand. And the other thing is there's a separation of powers on the county level as well as in all levels of government. So the county council is not a rubber stamp for everything that the county executive wants and vice versa. And we will have seven council members and we will have uh, one county executive and there will be eight opinions about how to do things and I think it's important to respect that everyone will have an opinion and somehow to put the people above all of that and to make sure that we build consensus and come to a conclusion.
0: Great and Earl you do have 30 seconds for a rebuttal if you choose to respond to anything. That the I have no
1: no. Okay. Rebuttal. So we'll move on to question two
0: where Jan will answer first. Okay.
1: Where is the best place in the county to pursue, pursue economic development in the near future, given infrastructural needs, the best place to add new jobs, and keep a, keeping people living and working in this county?
2: Well, I think we have done a fabulous job with economic development and uh, attracting new jobs and expanding existing businesses. The county is really thriving economically. And I think it happens uh, a little bit of everywhere around the county. Uh, certainly, uh, we have, uh, an agricultural industry that we support in Frederick County. We've added an agricultural economic development specialist for that. Uh, we've added 6,500 net new jobs in Frederick County. And we have um, a lot of locations in and around the city of Frederick for new uh, businesses to locate. Uh, they usually want to be around that municipality. Uh, we have some uh, businesses who prefer to be in a smaller community. So there's a little bit of something here for everyone. Uh, for the first time in economic development, we do have someone who is look whose job is to go out and... Uh, uh, be the attraction for Frederick County and really pitch Frederick County. Uh, certainly, it is also the job of the county executive to make that pitch. So, people want to come here because of the location, because of the great workforce that we have, and they um, really uh, value education. The fact that we have blue ribbon schools, that we have higher education, that we've co located workforce services with the community college have been real pluses for us. And we've supported our emerging and small businesses through our incubator. Um, And they become very loyal Frederick County businesses. We've created about 800 uh, full time new jobs in Frederick County out of our incubator. And we've created Root in the downtown city of Frederick to really attract millennials, to support big ideas, and to turn those big ideas into jobs and new businesses. So there's always uh, more that we can do, but we've put together what we call a GO strategy, a growth opportunity strategy, which we had done through the Jacob France Institute from the University of Baltimore, so that we have a plan. Uh, That actually identified our our, uh, most, most, likely opportunities and we are striving to take advantage of that but i think our strength is the diversity of business we have here we have added jobs over nine different business sectors over the last few years so there's a job here for everybody
0: okay and we'll go to kathy for this next one
4: well thank you again very good questions so Uh, First of all, I want want to kind of state, you know, kind of an overall philosophy that I have. And I I think it comes from a more conservative perspective. And that is it's not the role of county government to create jobs. What the role of county government is is to create a a good soil, a good working environment that jobs – that job creators want to come to, that entrepreneurs want to be here. They want to grow their business. They want to start a business. So that's the role of the county. So m- my vision is more to get the county the heck out of the way and make sure that these innovators uh, don't have any inhibitions and don't have any uh, um, hamstrings to their, to their efforts. Uh, so, th- so that's first. Also, I think a lot of mistakes that communities make is they they offer incentives, a lot of incentives to these businesses to come, and these all sound good in, on the front end. But what happens is down the road. Uh, communities can be held hostage by these companies who later on say, well, gee, you know, it's been 10 years now, our contract's going to be up. If you don't give us X, Y, and Z, we're going to haul up and move down to Virginia or move to another state who's offering us a better deal. So what we want to do is we want to create that fertile soil from the beginning and keep that soil fertile so that those companies want to come here. But we want to make sure that the playing field is level and we don't want to favor one one business over another. Now, another really exciting thing that's happening in the state of maryland and i'd like to say that i work very closely with governor hogan uh to to uh produce some bills and i co-sponsored some bills in annapolis that i think have really helped kind of jumpstart the job creators uh in the state and that has to do with manufacturing and different bills that i think will be uh, tremendously helpful to frederick county but also some of you know that my husband and i um I'm I'm kind of retired now, although if I don't win on November 6th, which, of course, is not going to happen, but if I don't win on November 6th, I will have to go back back to uh, my real job. Uh, and we do have a biotech and pharmaceutical consulting firm, and my husband would love me to come back and, and do that. But uh, I, think, I think we are a real magnet here for being the other end of that corridor, so I'd like to attract those businesses.
0: All right, and Earl?
3: Can I ask you
1: that? tell me what the question was again
3: yeah. sure.
1: sure what is the best place in the county to pursue economic okay. development in the near future again infrastructural needs the best place to add new jobs and keeping people living okay. and working in this county
3: all right I will say what I had said uh, in our last uh, forum I think the East Alco site it would be the perfect place to uh, to start because that site does have the utilities there uh, it it uh, has the zoning there for general industry, light industry and agriculture. Now I know the uh, site is owned by Alcoa and so I uh, said one of the first things I would do is to get a team, a task force of, uh, uh, build, uh, from the building industry, real estate industry, a team uh, to include the county and uh, go approach Alcor. Uh, I do know, since I used to work for them, that uh, Maryland was not a state that they had originally planned to come to. Uh, They came here uh, because of the merger, or when they bought out uh, Alumax, then East Alcor came with it. So that was a site that at one time had 1,250 well-paying jobs, and I certainly would like that site to produce those types of jobs uh, again. Uh, So we need to get control of that site, and uh, I I think we can, once again, be able to have uh,
2: those types of
3: jobs on that site, and that would be great for the county.
0: All right, and Jan, you have your 30-second rebuttal if you choose to respond.
2: Okay, I'll just make a few uh, comments. Um, I do think that county government... um, is very supportive of the uh, economic development that's happening here in the county. And in addition to location and workforce and quality of life and uh, education, we do have a very favorable tax structure here, which we do offer to everyone. For instance, we have no personal Uh, business property taxes and that makes us very competitive to our surrounding jurisdictions and we also have an expedited permitting process that's far better than our surrounding jurisdictions and that makes us very attractive too because we can deliver what people want on time and on schedule
1: all right
0: and uh, we'll move to question three which kathy will start
1: Mass transit has been brought up as one way to help alleviate road congestion in the county. What would you do to improve bus services, and although it's a state program, how would you advocate to improve MARC train service?
4: Wow, that is a really timely question that you gave me. Uh, Some people know that my oldest daughter just moved back home and just graduated college and and we're launching her. She's got her first job now down in D.C. And she started taking the MARC train. It's been uh, a week and a half now. And Quite frankly, she is really upset. I mean, the first day she was there, she had a four-hour delay. Uh, it, It takes a long time. There's a lot of delays. The service is terrible. So on one hand, we're saying to people, please take mass transit. But on the other hand, we're not offering them a viable solution to their commuting challenge. So, uh, so she she, after the first two days, she turned to me and said, Mom, I'm going to start driving. I was like, No, 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 you already paid for the month, you got to finish your, your mark pass. But, but this was very discouraging to hear this. And I had not used mass transit, because I don't commute down the road. And uh, so this was really eye opening to me just this this last few weeks. So yeah, we need to work with Governor Hogan. We we need to work with the state. Uh, as you know, Governor Hogan has proposed putting a toll lane on I-270. I think it's a great idea. We, You know, the devil's in the details. And I know that uh, Secretary Ron has been uh, moving feverishly towards that goal, and I sincerely hope Governor Hogan gets reelected so we can see the fulfilled. Uh, this is the first governor to pay attention to Frederick County and our commute and the time that we spend commuting. Uh, the first governor that I've ever uh, been in contact with, I mean, I've lived in Frederick County for over 25 years, and I've never seen a governor pay any attention to Frederick County, so I'm I'm thrilled that Governor Hogan cares enough to, to make that effort. So uh, So with that said... The Mark train uh, needs a lot of improvements. We need to work with our federal representatives, of which I have a very good relationship, to try to improve that service. And then, and then we need to work on uh, more mass transit in terms of, of bus service and so forth to go down the road. So I don't have all the answers from that. But, boy, have I, boy, have I had an education in the last week and a half with what that commute means uh, when you're taking that mass transit.
0: All right. And Earl?
3: Well, I'll say that I do support mass transit because the last three years of my work career, I had to travel to D.C. And uh, to have that at the end of your career is really bad. Uh, but uh, it, it certainly did beat having to sit in traffic and, and, and the slow pace of traffic. So, you know, I would be looking for support from the state uh, and uh, even uh, the state of West Virginia. Because uh, I know we get uh, the, the mock train also goes uh, from Martinsburg, if I remember correctly. So I, I think uh, a, a collaborative effort from uh, the state of Maryland and, and West Virginia to uh, 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 do what what we have to do as far as if any regulations have to be passed. I mean I will support whatever that takes uh, to uh, see if we can get funding to help them get the additional cars that they need. Uh, but uh, mass transit is definitely the way to go. Uh, and I uh, would also think we would have to talk with uh, the transportation departments for both state and federal uh, to uh, get funding uh, to uh, increase uh, the bus service. Uh, it's, it's something I know that's uh, maybe uh, more on the private side, but maybe the county could offer some incentives, which would encourage most uh, bus owners uh, to be a part of that process.
0: Great, and we'll move to Jim.
2: Okay, well, as the county executive, we have certainly advocated for mass transit. And I wanna say in terms of the MTA buses that run up and down I-270, uh, are, we have been able to get additional buses added to meet the commuter demand uh, for that uh, MTA bus service. So we've, that has not been the challenge that we've had uh mark train is a whole different story we have uh requested a new platform at point of rocks which would help to improve the service of the mark train into the city of frederick we have included that in our priorities to the um, state to secretary ron at his annual transportation tour and as the county executive i did have secretary ron up with a group of business leaders and officials and chamber of commerce members we did have him tour the county so that he would be familiar with our road system, our transportation network, our train system, so that he could better understand uh, the challenges and needs of Frederick County. Uh, Mark is, um, I've taken Mark in my uh, time when I went to DC once a week as part of one of my former jobs, and the Mark train was very much on time and on schedule and reliable at that point, and so um, it was a, a good option for commuting. And so, if that, I haven't really heard a lot of complaints about uh, unreliability of service, but uh, certainly that is something we can look into. Um, we also participate in the Transportation Planning Board, which is part of the Washington Council of Governments, and certainly our state partners participate in that as well as our surrounding jurisdictions in Maryland and Virginia. And so, we collectively advocate for uh, transit services as part of that. And we really need to have a state delegation who will advocate for our priorities because for federal funding to be obtained, these priorities have to be included in the state priority list that goes into the federal government. So thank you very much.
0: All right, and we'll go to Kathy for a 30-second rebuttal if you have a response.
4: Right, uh, the county executive mentioned the state priorities and the road priorities. I just want to reiterate that the county executive presents that to the state delegation, and we can either sign it or um, ask for our own um, additions, subtractions, and so forth. So every year the county executive has given us um, her priorities. We have signed off on it and we have brought the needed money back to um, Frederick County and plus some. Uh, But I will say that we have put some additional road concerns of our own on it and the county executive has been very resistant to anyone else
2: adding uh, other priorities. I just have to say that's absolutely not true. We develop we, our we priority o- list through one a public rebuttal. process. We're only doing one rebuttal. Okay. Uh, so
0: we'll go, we'll go to question four,
1: and uh, Earl will go first. Much shorter question here. What would you do to continue to combat the opioid crisis in Frederick County?
3: Well, I think the uh, sheriff's department uh, is 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 right on it in going after folks who are selling uh the the drugs that's uh causing the the deaths uh and i know when he talked to me um uh he talked about uh that uh the one thing that he needed was uh um oh i can't think of the the, the name of it now Detox detox center yes thank you uh and i know uh jan has just uh announced just recently uh uh, money for uh, a program, and, and I think that's very good. Uh, one of the things that I just suggest is that we fast-track whatever we're going to do because you know every week somebody is dying, so we don't want anything to get caught up in, in red tape. The other thing uh, is there is, uh, there is a bill in Congress, uh, 50, 5544 on the House side and 2700 on the Senate side, that uh, I think needs to be, uh, you know, we need to be promoting, uh, and we need to be asking our uh, elected officials who are running for for Congress to uh, get on that get on that bill because the kind of money that it's going to take to solve this problem. And this is this is a national emergency, and the kind of money that needs to be uh, put in place to provide the treatment that uh, we that we need. I mean, Frederick County can only put up so much money. The state can only put up so much money. So, this this is a national problem. And so, as county executive, as a citizen, I'm advocating that you know, we put pressure on whoever it takes uh, to get Congress to move to get the money that we need. Uh, because this this is uh, a problem that's you know doesn't matter who you who you are, what you look like. Uh, it's a problem that's affecting everybody. All right, we'll go to Jan for this question.
2: I'll certainly agree with Earl that it is a equal opportunity problem. Urban, rural, rich, poor. Everybody uh, seems to know somebody uh, in their family that ha- or uh, friends that have been impacted by. A heroin and opioid addiction so when I became the county executive I put together what we call the heroin consortium at the time and we bring together all the stakeholders and really there's like 40 or 50 people that come to the table for these meetings from law enforcement from the health department from local pharmacies from uh, the hospital uh, to the drug court to corrections to our school system and the list is very long so we have a lot of people to table and our nonprofit organizations as well And so uh, peer recovery coaches is something that the health department has done, which has really helped to connect people to services. We have peer recovery coaches in the um, emergency department at the hospital. So when somebody comes in with an overdose, they can be connected to services. And we have connected about 65% of those people to some kind of service. But the real gap in um, what we have... Needed is a detox center. So, we have put up uh, one time money as a grant request for proposal to have a nonprofit or private sector provider come in and operate a detox center in Frederick County. And that will allow us to do a number of things, including something called Safe Stations, which has been tried in Anne Arundel County, where people who want to recover from addiction, who are ready for help, can come into any police or fire station and say, I need help. And um, we want to do that, but you have to have the ability to have somewhere to take somebody, uh, to allow them to detox, and then connect them to substance uh, misuse treatment programs. And we do think we can connect people to the substance misuse treatment programs. So we need the detox center, and we really need a 24-7 multidisciplinary crisis response team that is health and mental health, and so we are looking to do that too. Right now we have an on-call team. So we are doing everything we can. I think the big challenge we have is that the drugs keep getting stronger.
0: All right, okay, and we'll go to Kathy.
2: Well, there's
4: no easy solutions to a, a very challenging situation. Uh, we're all affected. Um, most people know I lost my brother just earlier this year um, through a, a life of drug addiction. So it's a, it's a hard, topic for everybody. Uh, The county executive mentioned uh, Anne Arundel County. Um, County Executive Hsu in Anne Arundel, I think, has done a stellar job, and and Anne Arundel really has become a model for the rest of the state of how agencies and, (coughs) excuse me, different organizations work together. Uh, So I I, I think that it's important to know that I, I am not going to be the person who comes in and starts undoing everything the prior administration does. I think this is a, a topic that goes beyond politics and it goes to the heart of just the soul of Frederick County. Uh, I think we need to work with the faith community. I think a lot of the churches and uh, the pastors have stepped up in a very bold and energetic way to kind of take this crisis face on and, and to help these families. And so I think it's going to be very important for the next county executive to build that relationship with the faith community and make sure uh, we have the beds available when these families cry out. And th- those are the calls I get from constituents and, and, and mothers of of children who are saying their, their kids need help, we need a bed, and, you know, my, my, my child's been arrested, we, we can't get a bed in Frederick County. And so then I'm like scrambling around trying to, you know figure out if I can find someone a bed there's just not enough beds but we as a delegation have stepped up we've brought grant money back to some of our local organizations bond uh, matching grants to help uh, kind of provide more beds um, in Frederick County there's 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 uh, different organizations stepping up and uh, it's such a multifaceted issue there's there's not a right or wrong way to do it I think we just have to jump in and do everything we can to to help the crisis
0: Right, and we'll go to Earl. You have a 30-second rebuttal if you want to use it.
3: Uh, not a rebuttal, just uh, I agree with uh, accepting the uh, the work from the faith community. I know they have a new program called Bridges, and uh, you know uh, they've asked me. Um, I'm at and on the advisory board for Bridges, so uh, we certainly will can accept divine uh, intervention.
4: <laughs> Amen, Earl. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
3: great and we'll move on to question five which we'll start with
0: Jan
4: okay
1: what would you do to advocate for growth in rural parts of the county and how would you make sure that growth doesn't cause school overcrowding and other related issues
2: well we have from an economic development standpoint uh, we do work very well with all of our municipalities and we support all their mainstream programs and we actually uh, advertise for all of them and really try to collectively market all of our main streets in our municipalities in terms of um residential growth we um it's really up to the towns if they want to uh, have residential growth and if you look at some of the small towns that may be interested in that like Thurmont and Emmitsburg, for instance they do have school capacity existing right now um, so that really is not a um, a challenge there Uh, for some municipalities Um, like the city of Frederick which is not one of your rural municipalities it is a challenge to coordinate schools and roads and other infrastructure needs but in the more rural communities some of the rural communities actually want to stay rural small towns and villages and you know if you go to Burkittsville or Rosemont they certainly want to uh, stay the way they are the other thing in our rural municipalities Uh, Most of them have limitations on their uh, water and sewer capacity, so you really aren't going to see a lot of new development there because of that limitation.
0: Great. I'll move to Kathy.
4: Well, uh, a, a huge amount of the growth in Frederick County right now is happening in municipalities, and one of those municipalities, of course, is Frederick City and uh, we saw a huge annexation as many of you know from new market and that's caused an enormous amount of growth on the eastern part of our county near Lingonore and that's caused quite the outcry you know large or small love it or hate it uh, a lot of that is out of the county's control however i believe that the county should have a say in some of this growth and i did have a bill this year which i ended up not dropping it just got a little too controversial in an election year. But basically what the bill did was say that those municipalities would have to have a sign off by the county because we have to remember something. That if that town or Frederick City or Newmarket decides to grow, it's not just their decision, because that decision impacts the rest of the county because the county has to pick up the bill, right? To build to 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 build an extra school or an addition to an overcrowded school or a road capacity. So the state or the county have to have to come up with the funds. So I think the county should have some say in that. So I think that would be something that I would propose as the next county executive to have a bill that would would allow the county to, to have the final say in whether that town can annex that property We have an issue in Middletown right now uh, there's a, a property being annexed into the town that's that the the town council really wants annexed but uh, there's a huge group in Frederick County or in uh, Middletown that doesn't want that property annexed and doesn't want that. That growth, so it's really a push pull. The growth issue, it's the hot topic of the election, most certainly. And and I'm listening, and I want to address it. Um, it's not something that we can hide anymore. We don't want to be Montgomery County. I think I hear that every day. We don't want to be Montgomery County. So I hear you. If you don't want to be M- Montgomery County, I'm your gal. You need to vote for me.
0: All right, we'll move to Earl.
1: Can you ask that question again? I'm sorry. What would you do to advocate for growth in rural parts of the county, and how would you make sure that growth doesn't cause school overcrowding and other related issues?
3: Okay. I too think that that's part of the planning of that particular municipality, and then the uh, uh, county would 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 work with the municipality to uh, help them meet their goals. Um, I, I know the uh, responsibilities of schools is a, is a county-wide program. So uh, certainly uh, the, the, the county would have input. Well, really, the Board of Education would be the one that would have uh, the input because they, they make the decisions about the school. And that's it.
0: All right. And, Jan, you have your 30-second rebuttal if you.
2: I do think it's important to point out that, you know, I do have a monthly meeting with the mayors, and I do attend their quarterly MML meetings, and these are some of the things that we talk about. Right now, if a municipality uh, does annex into, uh, from the county into the town, uh, and sometimes they do that actually to avoid the county APFO, which requires the schools and the roads and and some of the other uh, infrastructure, um, the the county can hold that up for five years and have a five-year wait. Uh, In the example in Middletown, they actually are not even asking for that waiver of the five years. They're just going to wait the five years. So um, we really just try to coordinate with them as we do our comprehensive planning, et cetera.
0: All right, and we'll move on to question six, which will go to Kathy.
1: Many people have advocated for more trails connecting parks and communities, especially in rural parts of the county. How feasible is adding more trails in the next four years given budget constraints And how could you go about possibly getting those projects done?
4: Well, I think that 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 adds to the quality of life in Frederick County. And and we want to have a good quality of life. We want people to live here and to raise their families here. And, And certainly weekend activities, especially. Are, are just something that you know is good for families good for your physical health good for your mental health to get out there so we want to propose those and and also to um, encourage those however we have to be careful of our fiscal budget but there are uh, there are other ways to get things done and there's there's grants from the state that uh, there's grants there's national grants we can get there's other ways to make these happen uh, as an example I worked with um, an organization called Rails to Trails out in in uh, Mount Airy and uh, was able to get state dollars to come back to Rails to Trails as well as work with CSX and other organization to help clear those trails so it's been really a public-private pri- issue uh, that we've been able to make happen, and uh, people out in Mount Airy have a lovely trail, and it, it, it was a community group that got started. Larry Hushauer, if you're listening, congratulations to all your success there. He's now on the on the town council, but he also uh, was just a citizen who got involved and, and got the rails and trails, rails to trails happening, and got the delegation involved when I was the chair, and I've been very honored to be invited out there and to see all their success. So so there's a lot more to do in thinking out of the box to get these trails. But, yeah, we, of course we want trails. We want uh, outdoor activities and, and healthy living.
0: All right, and we'll go to Earl for this next question. Yeah. Well, for this question. Okay. okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would support the, uh, the bicycle paths and the trails, and, and certainly if the uh, uh, budget uh, uh, allowed it uh if if uh if we did have budget constraints then I agree with kathy there are probably some uh grants out there that we could also go for uh but we can also uh when we are uh working with developers uh that can be something that can be negotiated as a part of the process uh to see you know where uh depending on where their sites are then how does that uh fit in with the the plan that the county has and so th- sites could possibly be negotiated that would give us the opportunity to move forward uh, without having to uh, tax our budget
0: all right and we will move to jan
2: well we did just pass the uh, bikeways and trails plan and that was a good thing for us to update and we had a lot of public participation in that because we do have an active uh, biker hiker uh, groups in the county I did include $4.7 million in the six year capital improvement program for uh, this program. And that money comes from two places. It comes from a dedicated portion of the existing recreation tax that goes into parks and recreations. And then we also have um, uh, federal grant monies that comes through the Federal Department of Transportation that can be used. And we have had grants for the Ballinger Creek Trail um, but that is our first priority to finish because we really, the grant money has been so limited that, um, you know, we've been trying to complete that for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first priority in this program is to complete the Ballinger uh, Trail. And then we will have, through a subcommittee of our Park and Rec Advisory Committee, um, prioritization of the following um, trails, and likely we'll do one that is in coordination with one of our municipalities because they're looking to build part of a trail, and I would think that would be something we would then extend and build upon.
0: Um, All right, and Kathy, you have a 30-second response if you choose to use it.
2: Oh, can I save
4: it and get a middle minute later? (laughs) Can I add Uh, my 30? I don't don't think so. I don't know. I want to change the rules here, (laughs) (laughs) Alan. (laughs) Okay. No, I don't have a robot. Okay.
1: So we'll go to the next question. This will be for Earl. We've heard a lot about K to twelve education, but what would you do to raise awareness for our higher education institutions countywide? Also, how much of a priority is that to you versus K to twelve issues and why?
3: Uh I think K to twelve uh is higher on my priority, uh because if we do a good job from uh K to twelve, then we'll have more students who will be uh eligible and headed to those uh, higher education. Uh, I do support uh, the the, uh, the fact that we do have the uh, higher education here in Frederick County through um, Hood College, Mount St. Mary's, and uh, F- FCC. And I do uh, very strongly support uh, the higher education, but I do uh Put a higher priority. That's just me from K through 12, uh, because if if we can uh, uh, help students at the earlier ages, so that they will be uh, have a greater success, uh, it's it's easier to pay for them at a younger age than to have them fail and uh, have to pay for pay for them possibly uh, not being successful, uh, possibly being a, a burden on uh, the system. So uh, I want to see them be, uh, have a, a good start from K through 12 and then work their way up to higher education.
0: All right. We'll go to Jan.
2: Okay. Well, we talk a lot about K to 12 education mm-hmm. because uh, we are direct funders of public education here in the county but we do also have a strong uh, partnership with higher education most significantly with Frederick Community College. We do have a dual enrollment program in our high schools um, and a high percentage of our seniors do take a class that they can get college credit for which uh, helps give uh, students a jump start on college and it also helps with affordability uh, for those students and we do expect that there may be uh, time over the next few years where Students graduating from high school can also at the same time graduate with an associate's degree and I think that will be uh, quite an accomplishment. We also have um, partnered with the community college in another unique way which I think really helps to develop our workforce and that is by co-locating workforce services with the Monroe Center which is the advanced technology and training center for the community college and that allows us to Uh, train people looking for work for jobs that actually exist and to help employers find that qualified workforce and that's something very unique in Frederick County and it was one of the priorities of my administration to do that since workforce development is so important to our economic development and um, we also have great partnerships with our higher education partners at Hood College and Mount St. Mary's. Uh, Hood College is co-located at Root Um, uh, as well as the community college in Crest which is our center for uh, higher education and science and technology so we have some really good partnerships there and our higher education partners um, the community college, Hood, and Mount St. Mary's also do help to provide educational programs for our existing employers and our prospective employers, because again, that workforce is really fundamental to our future economic prosperity. So it starts at K-12, but certainly higher education is really important.
0: Awesome, and we'll go to Kathy.
2: Well, it's it's always very interesting for me to talk about education,
4: because it was always, uh, you know, I loved the Frederick County Public Schools. Both my daughters graduated from Middletown High School. But um, there were also challenges with the Frederick County Public Schools as well. Uh, I I was on the education subcommittee in Annapolis, so I I really do believe that I had kind of a first eye view of where some of those unfunded mandates were coming down to the school system. Uh, It's kind of funny. I was always the one fighting for the teachers, and the teachers union will never endorse me. It's always kind of funny, and it was always the teachers union people in Annapolis that would come to me and say, Kelly, please kill this bill, we hate this bill. So I was always their hatchet lady for all the bills they hated, but I'll never get their endorsements. It's always kind of funny. But but anyway, uh, so, yeah, in terms of uh, programs in Frederick County, I think uh, the, the governor, again, um, with, with the help of the committee, myself included, uh, we worked on issues like uh, those apprenticeships that we have, uh, working with high schools and uh, dollar to try to uh, get kids that really don't belong in a four-year uh, university and get them uh, kind of leading towards uh, some of the trades that are so important right now, and we really don't have the workforce to fill some of these positions, and uh, we have employers all over Frederick County begging for good workers, uh, and so so definitely uh, these these programs that we have in Frederick County are, are incredibly important, and I want to uh, continue to pursue to pursue those um but i think it's important for people to know out there that uh That I really will fully fund Frederick County Public Schools. I think uh, you may be getting things in your mail that, you know, is kind of saying somehow that I hate children and I voted against all this funding and all of that. Yes, I did vote against some of Governor O'Malley's budgets, and I'm proud of that. I voted against them for a lot of different reasons. Um, Not everything in in one budget is wonderful. Not everything is terrible. Uh, In the same way, I didn't love everything about Governor Hogan's budgets, but uh, certainly to vote against uh, funding for children is is really kind of ridiculous but thank you
0: all right and early you have 30 seconds if you choose to use it I, I don't need okay we'll go to the this is the last question we have
1: the alice report continues to dominate discussion on the campaign trail what aspect of that report concerns you most and what concrete plans do you have for helping make the county more affordable for families living below the alice line and this goes to jan
2: first okay well the alice report is concerning because what it tells us is that there are uh, a large and growing number of families who can not afford housing and the basic day-to-day cost of living here in Frederick County. And certainly it's important to recognize that wages are certainly part of that equation. Um, but affordable housing is also part of that equation. And um, while we are trying to require moderately priced dwelling units as part of uh, our new development, a lot of developers are paying a fee in lieu. And we're using that to leverage Uh, federal tax credits to create affordable workforce housing. One of the most significant things I've done uh, in the past year is to dedicate a portion of our recordation, existing recordation funds, to affordable housing so that we can work to create more affordable uh, rental units and home buyer units. We have programs for first-time homebuyers. We have a lot of housing in the county that can be rehabbed that can also meet that need for affordable housing and we have done a housing study to actually identify our next steps but the number one thing they recommend was that we take advantage of the federal uh, low-income tax credit programs which we've done and I'm most proud of the project at 520 North Market Street where we actually leverage one of our assets a former county school and county office building and have converted that into 59 Uh, affordable rental units uh, in partnership with Interfaith Housing Alliance. And I have recently toured that. And they are absolutely beautiful and very nice apartments. And they're in a great location because they're on public transportation. You can walk downtown. You can walk to a lot of jobs. And uh, it really um, is uh, a great place for that. So we also need affordable senior housing and that is part of our seniors first initiative as well so we're we're, we're looking at it and trying to make progress on it um, but we have to recognize that wages is part of it too
0: all right and we'll move to Kathy uh,
4: thank you yeah I think the thing that stood out the most to me about the Alice report was uh, the part of the report that said that Frederick County is equally as expensive to live now as Montgomery County And that's very unnerving to a lot of us who, especially those people who have been telling me for the last year that they don't want to become Montgomery County. Well, guess what, folks? We're there. Uh, My opponent's been in Frederick County government since the 1990s. I don't think the way to fix it is to keep doing the same thing over and over. I think we need to try a new flavor. Uh, So uh, in terms of the APFO and all these things that are increasing the cost of housing, uh, it's not helping people buy houses because what's happening is if you add these fees onto development, uh, the developer is not paying those fees the buyer's paying those fees which is driving up the cost of all housing and then it's raising the property taxes and the current administration is saying well we're not raising co- property taxes. Well, you are raising property taxes because the rate is the same and the housing uh, assessments from the state are increasing. And it's just this vicious cycle. So then what happens? Then the county government says, well, gee, housing is not affordable to people who can't afford to live here. So guess what? We should come in and start subsidizing. So government creates the problem. Then government tries to fix the problem by subsidizing the very problem that they created in the first place. So government is not the answer. Um, if you remember the words of Ronald Reagan, uh, he said the scariest words in the, in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Uh, the government is not here to help. The government usually messes it up. Free markets will usually take care of these things. If a, a developer could afford to build a, affordable housing in Frederick, they would be building it. Because if there's a demand for it, there is a supply for it. There is someone who will build it, but the county keeps getting in the dang way. So if you let Kathy Avzali, I'm going to fix that. Thank you.
0: All right, and we'll go to Earl.
3: All I can say is that the you know the, the Alice report is you know really kind of makes you feel helpless uh, when you see that uh, you know such a high percentage of, of folks who live in our county uh, uh, are. are Within those uh, those limitations of the uh, definition of, of Alice. and the fact that our numbers went up, just you know, I was just reading uh, one report from I think it was two thousand fourteen, and then the new one came out from two thousand sixteen, and our numbers went up. So you know, it it really pulls uh, pulls to your heart to wonder that there's just so much that has to be done. Uh, certainly, if we can, uh, if we have other buildings within the the county that. That uh, we can refurbish. Uh, we certainly need uh, more affordable, more affordable housing. than you know, then we then we need to do that. Or you know, uh, I'm for putting together a team to take a, uh, a whole new look at uh, from the builders to find out what can we do to uh, 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 build more houses that are affordable, and you know, give us some recommendations so that we can uh, change what we do. What can we do to reduce fees instead of adding fees because you know everybody needs a place to live uh, and uh, uh, what what can we do to bring in uh, new uh, more employers who pay uh, a decent wage so that uh, I mean when you think about people who are working and yet they can't they don't have enough money to do to budget just the the basics that you need to survive then we need to work very hard to bring in employers who can pay those kinds of salaries to uh, help ease that burden
0: all right and jan you have 30 seconds if you choose to use a response
2: okay first of all we do have an affordable housing council so we don't really need to create a task force but i do think that uh, kathy Avzali is wrong and she hasn't offered any solutions to the affordable housing crisis developers are going to build houses for what they can sell them for And so uh, there is a market for higher priced houses that not everyone can afford, and as long as we have a market for someone to buy them, prices are not going to go down. We do waive all of the impact fees for affordable housing, but those houses then have to be priced at an affordable uh, level based on uh, 40 percent of average household income in the jurisdiction or in the metropolitan statistical district so we are doing a lot to advance affordable housing but just eliminating the fees will not guarantee that we'll have affordable housing because it may not reduce the prices
0: All right, and so those were our last questions but we will give everyone uh, 45 seconds to make a closing statement for why voters should vote for you on November 6th and we will start with We'll start with Earl.
3: Okay. Uh, My name is Earl Robbins. I'm running as an independent for county executive. I'm gonna bring (laughs) honesty and integrity to the position. I'm willing to listen to the the voters. As an independent, I can sit down with, with anyone. If you have the right idea that's gonna solve a problem in Frederick County, I'm your man, vote for Earl Robbins. All right, and we will go to Jan.
2: I believe I'm the best choice for county executive. I bring a wealth of educational background, with background in finance and <laughs> economics. I bring business experience. I think I'm the only person in this race that has managed uh, 2,000 employees and a half-a-billion-dollar budget, and I've delivered results. <laughs> I've also saved taxpayers money. Over this administration, I have actually... Uh, saved taxpayers 70 million dollars by refinancing our debt, ending privatization that cost more, and renegotiating some of the bad deals of the past, and there will be an opportunity to renegotiate them in the future. Um, I've delivered good schools. I want to make sure that we continue the teacher salary pay. I believe that another term will eliminate severe and serious school overcrowding by building schools, because we have a plan in place to do that, and we'll manage growth well through Livable Frederick and making sure that we have um, a good place for our seniors to live. Thank you.
0: All right. And we'll go to Kathy for her 45 seconds.
2: So I just want to thank
4: everyone again for having us out here today, and I want to thank my competitors for uh, just, you know, the the free exchange of ideas. I think that's important in our our, uh, constitutional republic. Uh, I want to uh, say that I'm Kathy Afzali. I'm the Republican nominee for county executive, Uh, I've been your delegate now for eight years many of you out there know me and I just want to thank you for having given me the honor of serving you in Frederick County and this is a huge uh, job uh, being your next county executive and I know that it's a big undertaking and I think I am uh, the right gal to do it I think I have the right stuff to lead Frederick County for the next four years and so I am asking for your vote on November 6th and uh, I just want to say thank you very much in advance. Thanks.
0: For voters, October 25th is uh, early voting. Election day is November 6th. Candidates, we really appreciate you guys coming on and joining us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you.
4: Thank you for having us. Thanks, Alan.